There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. It is our podcast for June 21st, 2021. Timothy Michael McKernan along with Action Jackson, Virgin Pringle, Sauce Boss. Action Jackson, hello. Hello. Hello, hello friends. Hello, everybody. Uh, Action Jackson, um, we have uh, we have some emails that I'm just going to continue to go through. Sweet. And uh, Sweet. one of them was literally sent in about 10 minutes ago. Um, and uh, we always ask people to send them in. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Questions, comments, erotic stories, requests for deep dives. We'll do whatever. If you're just sitting around kind of having a thought, email it in. And uh, the next thing you know, all of a sudden, it can be a podcast. That's what can happen on the program. The program is brought to you by TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Ryan Kelly. He is online at TheHomeLoanExpert.com. If you are looking to buy a home, get pre-approved period. You have to get pre-approved and do so with Ryan Kelly. I got pre-approved with Ryan Kelly. I refinanced with Ryan Kelly about 15 months ago. It is so easy to do. And I think if you refinanced like a while ago, you'd probably go, ah, it's a hassle. I'm telling you, I refinanced a while ago, like a long time ago and, uh, and did it last year with Ryan. And it is a totally different world because it is so easy now. Plus, if you're going to be buying a home, you just got to get pre-approved. That's just kind of the, the deal. Uh, in 2021. So go to thehomeloanexpert.com. His staff's the best. He's the best. It's Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Once you buy the home, once you get pre-approved, once you refinance, you need insurance. Well, go to carltoninsurance.net. And that's James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. James Carlton is located in Webster Groves. I'm so impressed with him that he is my insurance agent. I made the switch to James Carlton. You make the switch to James Carlton. You will notice a difference. I promise you that. If I could do some kind of guarantee, even though I would get nothing out of it, um, I would do it because I'm that confident in it. It's not just like, oh, he's this guy who's advertising, so I'll do a spot for him. No, I really did switch. And it's not like he said, I'll advertise with you if you switch. It's like, ah, you don't really need to, you know. And I'm like, no, I know you're the best, and I got to put my family in the best spot. So I did. I did it. I'm recommending it to you as well. And they do all the paperwork for you, which really helps the cause. So you're not messing with that stuff. 314-961-4800. Or go online at carltoninsurance.net and you need a financial advisor. And that's where Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies comes into play. He is online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Action Jackson, you're working with him. Tell me what makes him so wonderful. Well, I've said it before, and I, I just repeating it is just important to me because I think people need to hear it, that Mark is an excellent human being. And that's, that's a number one in it. Yeah. And that's, and that's what you want from someone dealing with something as important as your money. You know, you don't want to put your money in some guy's hands who's just there to collect a paycheck. Mark is interested in you. He wants to help you. And if you're not working with anybody, wise up and call Mark Hanna. Yeah, you need somebody anyway. But yeah. Mark really is in a different world. He is so good. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. All right, we start with this one, the one that was literally just sent in. So I'm going to just keep going through. I'm just going to keep going through. Send them in. Uh, hello, Tim and Jackson. I've been catching up on QFTA and wanted to address the topic of some people from St. Louis 
having a disdain for those who are successful and ambitious. As a non-St. Louisan, I'd like to throw out my theory as to why this is a thing. To preface, I have lived in St. Louis six years now and absolutely love it here. I lived in Nashville for two years and Seattle for three and had a blast in both cities, but St. Louis feels like home. The one thing I find extremely fucking bizarre about St. Louis is the where did you go to high school question I am sometimes asked. I can't emphasize enough how weird that is. I have never met anyone in Nashville nor Seattle that gives a shit about where I went to high school. It feels like a way for St. Louisans to paint a picture of who you are without getting to know you because of the high school you attended. Again, super fucking odd. With that said, I wonder if the ambition shaming stems from people treating St. Louis as one big high school and those that have nice things like cars and homes, etc., or have big ambitions are looked down upon because they, quote, don't fit in. With high school being full of jealousy and insecurities, I think it carries over for those who stay in St. Louis and aren't where they think they should be in life. If the high school obsession dropped, then maybe it would make a difference. Love the show and the great work Jackson puts into it best. That's from Dylan. Um, Jackson, Jackson, you're starting to get lemmings. Yeah, I Isn't appreciate that great? it. Yeah, it's a nice feeling. Thanks, Dylan. Um, all right, Jackson, you were nodding as I read that email. So go ahead and, and give your thoughts. Well, sir. I agree with some parts and some parts. I agree with the the high school question is to simply kind of prejudge. Yeah, it's that's. I mean, that's the whole reason you do it. It's some people could justify. Well, it's to figure so out I what th- town you're so from. I, but. With, with that, with that part, just I want to insert this because with, with the part about prejudging that of course carries a negative connotation Mm -hmm. i actually think and i want to introduce the theory before you go on about the high school question is i think i don't think it's necessarily always or even malicious Uh which of course the term prejudgment carries with it i think it can be a way of with st louis being a small big town or big small town however one wants to call it that uh, it can be a way of s- s- trying to establish commonality and that, oh, I know, do you know? Yeah, th- that because, mutual friends. Yes, yeah. that's, I don't think it's as nefarious as I think it is sometimes thought to be. Yes, definitely in some cases. I is, 100% agree, though, that it is, I, well, I can't, because I haven't really lived anywhere else, yeah. but I, you know, yeah, I don't think it is common, for example, in Seattle. As no, no, and I think part of that, too, is how many municipalities we have inside the county itself, so you can kind of get a better idea of where someone's from, from what high school they went to, but neither here nor there. I think the St. Louis is one big high school thing has some validity, but I just feel like the whole basis of this is St. Louis and people from, and I'm not saying everyone does, but there's a chip on the shoulder kind of mentality because, you know, we're Midwestern city, not as big, you know, kind of as we used to be definitely on the downturn and with cities in the Midwest, such as like Chicago now Nashville, um, if you go down south to like Austin, those cities are thriving more so than St. Louis. So you kind of get this underdog mentality when someone leaves or someone has you know something that's not atypical of someone from from St. Louis. You kind of get this like, oh, you think you're better than us kind of thing. And I don't think that's overarching over most people. I think that's a, a vocal minority. But I do think that there is some validity to the big high school thing. But I think it's more just we're kind of an underdog city and have been now for a good long while, whereas we used to be something different. And when you're competing against bigger cities in the Midwest, it's going to affect when people leave, especially when a lot of people leave to go to Chicago. 
especially in my age. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100% on that. Yeah, so when you have that. Fresh out of the University of Missouri to Chicago, then back to Brentwood Forest, meet the girl you were kind of friends with but never hooked up with, and then marry her, and then start in Kirkwood, Webster, maybe, uh, and then move to Chesterfield. Wildwood, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no that's, There it is, that's, and then pass on. That is, yep, that, and then the cycle repeats. <laughs> that's kind of how it works. I have a ton of friends in Chicago, so. And they'll be back in five years. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's what I assume. Uh, but I actually have a lot of friends here, too, even friends who aren't from here, and they love it. Are you so. saying that because a lot of people think you're friendless and sexless, and you want to make sure you mm, let people know you're yes, having sex and yes. friends? It's it's my number one priority. Not necessarily a Venn diagram. Every time I turn this mic on, I have to, <laughs> I have to prove people to people I have, I have friends and I am a, a sex, sexually active gentleman. <laughs> I don't think, I like it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like, I like a theory. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the two are related. Mm-hmm. But I could be off on that. Um, I remember growing up, um, my dad went to CBC. Uh, he, he, I mean, at this point, I've said it so many damn times, it doesn't matter. But he really, I don't think he really likes that I say this because I think he does catch hell from some of his like peers at CBC about it. Mm-hmm. But that he told me to go to St. Louis U High if I could get in. Yeah. When CBC and SLU, I don't know if they still are, were rivals uh-huh. for him growing up because it was like a lot of city. I mean, he was born in the forties, so the city kids went to St. Louis who hire CBC city Catholic kids. Yeah, uh, there wasn't a Dismet, or if there, even if it was around, it wasn't an option. It was in quote unquote West County, even though you know now it doesn't seem like that far. But if yeah. you're in South City, going to Dismet wouldn't happen. Chaminade uh-huh. wasn't uh, what it is now at that yeah. time, and. Uh, uh, you know, Vianney, I don't know. Vianney's like Vanderbilt in the SEC. It's there, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so those were your choices. And um, the the decision was, do you go there, do you go there? And it was thought the smart kids go to St. Louis U High and the other kids from the Catholics. So there was like this thing. Yeah. I don't believe that that is still the case. I don't, if you ask people from the county who SLU's rival is right now, I really don't know who they, I honestly have no, I have no idea. I don't know who they, they might've said, they might've said to Smet when I was going there because most of the kids in my class were from the county. I was Mm -hmm. one of three kids from my neighborhood who went to SLU. So the reason I bring all of this up is um, when you're playing sports all the time against, you know, SLU, CBC, Vianney, DeSmet, Chaminade, the Metro Catholic Conference, there are rivalries. Mm-hmm. And and so those develop, and they're usually, at least a couple of those schools would be competitive with each other. And so I think it's a, I think in a sense, it was a sports thing that was just kind of good-natured because it's not like a New York or something along those lines. I mean, New York obviously being an extreme example, but there is a good chance you may have played against somebody or that person themselves. And so you have some kind of common bond and then you start BSing about glory days. Mm -hmm. Certainly, however, you can ask the question and, and if you want to take the negative approach to it, make the case that somebody is trying to, pinpoint you like if i say oh where'd you go to high school jackson and you say ledoux i mean oh rich kid Mm -hmm. you know even though as you have said a number of times not the case actually an olivet resident am i correct correct middle class family middle class family uh st louis u high if i say i go to st louis u high i think i think people would go i think they would think wealth 
even though that is absolutely not the case. But I get it. I don't blame it. It's just St. Louis UI goes out of its way with this backer endowment yeah. um, to not have only wealthy students. Um, if anything, there at least at one time, I don't know what the situation is now. It was it wasn't every not everybody could get in. It's but all these private schools now, I think, are at least fifteen k a year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At least, it's, and I think it, you can go to some of them and go twenty five. Yeah, if you're not, if it's a non religious one, it's twenty five ish. Yeah, especially if it's on that and that will do uh, square. Yeah, yeah, those it, are. that's what that's where it goes into a different realm. Yeah. So, but I mean, if you said Pattonville, it's like okay, I know you're from North County. Mm-hmm. If you say like my wife went to Marquette, uh-huh. um, Chesterfield. Yeah. yeah. You, so you so you know. Um, I suppose if you really care about religion, I know mo- more people do than don't. Uh-huh. I, I know I don't, and I think it's going to continue to decline. It is declining. But um, if you say you went to DeSmet, you're like, okay, that's Catholic, you know, mm-hmm. um, Lutheran South, you know, you know, so you kind of have an idea um, w- with that. But I would think that you could say that about any school in any city. Yeah. It just gets asked here more often, and that's because it's a smaller, big city. I'd be curious if this shit... But see, my for my dad, it was a thing, but it was because of sports, SLU and CBC. Mm-hmm. And that's when St. Louis was doing well. You know, he grew up in the 60s. St. Louis was yeah. moving in a good direction then. Absolutely. It started to tail off, you know. I don't know when people cite it tailing off, but it started to tail off around then. But... With reg- but I think it's a separate conversation than the ambition shaming thing. Yeah. Do you see an overlap or not? Because that's that's what the, I think that's what the main theme of uh, yeah. Dylan's premise is. He said, with high school being full of jealousy and insecurities, I think it carries over for those who stay in St. Louis and aren't where they think they should be in life. If the high school obsession dropped, then maybe it would make a difference. If that is if that is the premise of the email, the main premise of the email, the thesis. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Because I think a lot of people choose to stay in St. Louis. I also think, I, I just think one of the things about St. Louis, which is kind of, I don't know if it's weird or if it's endearing, is that there isn't a whole lot of travel. You know, I mean, I have never been to Europe. Yeah, same. And I think that is, I think at 44, it's really uncommon. Mm. I don't say really uncommon. For other 44-year-old college-educated people around the country, I would think, and I'm just guessing here, mm-hmm. this is just, I mean, this is 100% throwing a dart. If you were to take other 44-year-old, 40 to 45-year-old, college-educated, notice not college graduate, college-educated people who are living in a top 25 market, St. Louis being like market 21 or 22, and they hadn't been to Europe, I would think that it would be less than 50%. Again, I'm going college-educated on this. Yeah, yeah, it's probably in the right now. Now you, now you go rural and, yeah, you know, in, in 23, different deal. But yeah. at 44 and you live in a top 25 market and you haven't been to Europe. I, but I, but I, but a lot of people who are listening to this, of course, most are St. Louisans, hear that and go, what the fuck are you talking about? But I'm just, but that's kind of the premise. I hadn't been to New York City until, until 2000. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so weird. I swear to you, when we landed, we landed in Newark. It was for Rams-Giants game. And I looked across at the World Trade Center, which now seems like absurd because a, a less than a year later, it would be gone. And I remember going, is that the Empire State Building? Is mm-hmm. that, it, it, that sounds just dumb. It sounds yeah. like a hayseed. 
you know, but that's, that's truly what I thought we were driving in from Newark airport into Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is that empire state building? And why are there two? I mean, it's just dumb, but that's truly what I thought. And then I remember going through times square going, what? And just like, yeah. And or, or LA. And it's almost like if you're doing that, it's like, well, if you're going to go on a family vacation, where are you going? You're going to Destin. Yeah. Or are you going to Branson? Are you going to the lake? Yeah. Or are you going to go to another ballpark? Where are you going? Wrigley Field or Kaufman? Yeah. Whatever they're calling it. Kaufman, I think. Yeah, it's still Kaufman, I think. And then if you go, if you spread your wings beyond that, it can be like, oh, that to me has nothing to do with high school. Yeah. But I think it exists. Um, so I don't, I, I can't figure it out. We've talked about it on the podcast before. I like a theory. I'm a big theory fan, especially on something like this, which I don't really have an answer to. It's kind of like a religion discussion. I don't have an answer to it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is, I, I think, I guess you could theorize that there just isn't as much money here. But by, by that, I mean, because I think there's a lot of money here. It's mm. just old yeah. and it's like secretive. But as far as like the move from growing up in a non Ladue, not Ladue High School, but non Ladue, where else? I guess Huntley. Yeah. Where well, else? Uh, Ladue, Huntley. Frontenac. Frontenac. Okay, that those areas. Some parts of the CWE. Yes, yeah. I think we've not, I think we've checked all the boxes. Like yeah. the real, real. And I didn't know. I remember this. It, it, there was a Christmas dinner, and my dad. And I don't even know why we were talking about this on Christmas Eve. And he was talking about you know, the high schools and then and talking about them boroughs and MICDS. And I'm like, if you grew up in South St. Louis, I know to you, it's like kind of a, not, and again, not because you're like no, in know. those circles, but be, but you know, if you grew up in the, that area, South city, we just didn't, we weren't around it. Uh-huh. So you're thinking, well, SLU's the top of the, the food chain, but uh-huh. it's not, you yeah. know, you don't even know, you have no way to know. Yeah. And so I know I say some of these things and I'm saying things to people who don't know either because why would you? Why would you even be aware of it? I, if my dad wouldn't have brought that up, I don't even know if I'd be aware of it. I, I mean, by now I would be, but at the time I wasn't. And it's weird, I suppose, in a way that like a couple of high schools can theoretically run a region. Mm-hmm. I guess it's weird. I, I But the premise that I'm establishing is this. Rarely, although it happens... But rarely does somebody in St. Louis emerge from name whatever, I don't even know how to describe it, non-prestigious private school, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. Boy, I'm thinking about okay? this. Okay, yeah. and, then, and then start killing it with a business that is in St. Louis. They can absolutely go take your pick of what, wherever school uh-huh. and then leave St. Louis. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. But as far as the, in other words, the money stays where the money was when we were born. Yeah. If you're in St. Louis with, with some, with, don't get me wrong. This isn't an absolute. Yeah. Okay. Dorsey would be like the obvious. Uh, sure. Jack Dorsey went to DeBerg, which yeah. is like three blocks from where my parents live and where uh, I grew up, yeah. you know, but he isn't in St. Louis. No. You no, know, no. so, 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 so it certainly can happen. Uh, I'm sure you can point out, take your pick of, you could each high school, you know, yeah, quote unquote, sure. non prestigious could cite. But are they in St. Louis? Did they start something in St. Louis that is now in St. Louis and has blown up? And yes, there are absolutely some examples, For but sure. relative to a, I'm trying, I'm not trying to just go New York, Chicago, LA you know, and, or even Dallas, then you start thinking of money and Atlanta is a totally different animal. I don't know, Denver. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's the thing that I think 
by the way. This isn't coming from a place of knowledge or like a, a piece of data uh-huh. in front of me. But I think there are some things that kind of become uh, dogma in a way, but they're dogma that specific dogmatic thoughts that are specific to, I don't even know if that's the right term, thoughts that are prop, that are proprietary in a sense to St. Louis that don't get challenged because a lot of the people here have lived only here for almost all of their lives. And so here I am talking about it and I could be completely fucking wrong. And I want to make that clear, but, but, but I would also want to make this clear part of that. If I guess if you're on one side of it, you can go, well, that's really bad. But then the other part of it, but well, that's really good. It depends on what you want. You know, I, I recall during, um, the St. Louis County executive race, mm-hmm. um, some people saying, well, this, this idea that for example, Mark Montavani wants to see the St. Louis area, you know, start thriving again. Well, what is thriving? If thriving is businesses moving here and, and, and 20 somethings who, would normally move to Chicago or New York or LA or Miami or Dallas or whatever, deciding to stay here and build their careers here. Okay. I get that. But then also then that starts to take away some of the things or it start, it may jeopardize some of the things that a lot of people who have chosen to live here and not move otherwise love about it. Uh, I, I think oftentimes, and I think this email kind of has a little bit of that connotation to it. Um, what, with that, he said, I wonder if the ambition shaming stems from people treating St. Louis as one big high school and those that have nice things or have big ambitions are looked upon because they don't fit in. And he's saying that, um, you know, people are upset about ambition because they're disappointed with their own lots in life. Well, I mean, I could have moved multiple times for, for job opportunities and didn't, it was a choice. And so if the implication is that if you are still in St. Louis, that you have not achieved that's that's incorrect mm-hmm. there are a number of people like doug i know certainly could have but he he, he went from miami to st louis yeah. i mean from miami to st louis uh, and that's that's just our little sports world um but business-wise plenty of people um have have chosen to stay here now a lot of the time but you could be in manhattan and go well, i don't want to pick my family up and move yeah. because my kids are in like sixth grade and eighth grade or whatever it is so I don't want to do that to them. Um, so I so I want to make sure I I, I point that because I know this is well, this is one of those topics that can get people's antennas up and then it can get. Uh, yeah. I still but but when it gets down to it, I still haven't really read something yet that explains the ambition shaming. But in order for somebody to explain the ambition shaming, they would have to agree that the ambition shaming exists. And when one says ambition shaming, that doesn't mean everybody is ambition shaming. So I, you can just like you can point out alumni of schools and go, well, is this the case? You certainly can point out exceptions. But I do, I think when it gets down to it, I think it's difficult in St. Louis if you're not an athlete or I don't know what else and you don't come from money to be making a lot of money. Now, what one defines as a lot of money in St. Louis is different than a lot of money in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say, I don't know. I'll ask you. What to you would be a lot of money in your 20s that would be in the realm of reason for somebody? And so we're not talking about like somebody making like $5 million a year yeah, living yeah. in St. Louis in their 20s. That didn't happen. I mean, there might be a few people... You know, so a lot of money. Oh, it is a lot of money. You are a 23 year old University of Missouri guy. Yeah. So you're able to give me this perspective. 
anything in like the six figures. Okay, like, even I just, thought you would say even like a hundred k would be like I'd be like, wow, that's a, right, that's a lot of money. So that's so I kind of figure now in Manhattan, hundred k you can't live in Manhattan. No, no, no. Um, I mean you can, but it's but you're gonna have like, roommates. Yeah. You're gonna have like a four hundred square foot yeah, yeah. studio. So. Uh, although things may have changed over the last 15 months with that, but pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. The premise being, for whatever reason, that is the case. At least it has been. Now, I don't know. It might have changed. I, that's why I'm asking you to give me the perspective of somebody at 23. And the reason, so then it allows me to then build off of this supposition, if indeed it is the case, that therefore, if somebody in their 20s is driving what is perceived to be an expensive car, yeah. he or she, most likely he, is simply flashing mm. when he or she really can't afford it uh-huh. because everybody knows that realistically he or she is not making a lot of money because there just isn't a lot of opportunity for somebody in their 20s in St. Louis to be making your ter- six figures to me, yeah. I would probably go a quarter a million. Yeah. But I, but yeah, you take me back to 23 and somebody said, you know, this person's making a hundred K I would have been like, Holy crap. You know, yeah. like they're 23 like me and making a hundred K. Yeah. Honestly, but it's North, 20 years ago. I mean, it's yeah. 20 years ago. Things have changed. North of 80 would I'd be like, that's good money. But I, I think my view of it is skewed. And that's but like, you would agree that there are people who are your peers in Chicago who are absolutely making that. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's my premise. Yeah, so yeah, then yeah. it goes back to their, what the money is in the community yeah. and the opportunity is. And certainly some of the Chicago money isn't necessarily in the community. It's coming in from other markets. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, dissect this because I know, I know that it is there, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that I can't like go, Hey, look at this, this chart. Another thing that I know is said about St. Louis. And then I started digging into it was, and this isn't something you're at yet. Um, what is, what is it? What is a good stereotype about St. Louis? Let's see if you can get it without me giving it to you. Uh, something that ne- wouldn't necessarily be on your radar at this moment yet. Uh, overweight. <laughs> Why would that be a positive thing? Oh, you, you said, I think you said stereotype. Good, I said good stereotype. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yes, well, it's a positive that we're known as being <laughs> bulky. Uh, oil? I guess we're oil. <laughs> oil. Yeah, I think that. I think I, 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 that's we're a good oil. I mean... Yeah. Good place to raise a family. Have you ever heard that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. So then I dug into it, and then I just like, oh, my God, St. Louis has got to be like top 10 or at least top 25. It wasn't even top 150 no. of cities. Now, how they quantify this, there's a bunch of different rankings. Yeah, it's a bunch tough. Of, yeah, I mean, how do you, how do like you determine that? It's like the country's happiness. Right. Like, well, it's like what with Scandinavia. What's yeah. that based on? People yeah. are fucking. Okay, I yeah. kind of agree with like you. Like less I get suicides, it. I guess, but that's a bad right. barometer. So, I mean, but to me, it's like, man, if we're dark and cold all the time, that'd yeah. be a... it's a different story. But that's what you got in Scandinavia. So yeah. anyway, um, so yes, I mean, one of, the, one of the factors when they're quantifying good place to raise children is what? What do you think? Good schools. Certainly, but they like included, I think it was like, I mean, I was looking up a bunch of different websites because i just typed it in top yeah. cities to raise children in crime so yeah. automatically st louis then yeah is going to drop yep so it's one of those th- but my god you talk to people in st louis and it's a good place to raise children mm-hmm. but then you go okay well you know if let's say you're now 60 mm-hmm. and for the first 10 years of your children's life first nine years of your children's lives you were in name of comparable city i don't even know what you would Pittsburgh would be a comparable. Okay, that actually would be okay. And then, and then the, the second nine years, 
you were in St. Louis and yeah. comparing, it's not the way that it works. I'm not saying that it's, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that it's not, there's not a large sample size of people who have raised their children in one city and then raised their city in another city. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just becomes like, we're the best fans in baseball and you kind of go, okay, uh, but how, well, how do we, how do we challenge that? Yeah. And who, who are we citing there? Right. So it just becomes a thing to say that becomes a truth. Yeah. And then you look and you go, oh, well, that's not necessarily the case, but it depends on what you want. Mm -hmm. It depends on what you want. Exactly. So with regards to some of the things that I think get said about the area, um, such as the high school thing, which, which is absolutely attached to it, and I know it is attached to it in a negative way, I'm trying to come at it for the purpose of this discussion that I don't necessarily think it's a it's a negative, kind of like I think, you know, I'm trying to point out some dogma about St. Louis that I don't necessarily think is, you know, on the other side of it is 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 true in the positive. Mm -hmm. um, at least data doesn't back it up. But I also when, he, when I point that out, that when they're quantifying, they're including crime. And so if they're going, well, this is one of the most dangerous cities in the country per the crime statistics. So therefore, we can't include it in there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm sure plenty of people go, yeah, but I mean you know, where I live, there's absolutely no crime and my kids are happy and there's a bunch of kids around. There's a million things for kids to do. And, you know, there's not long commutes, relatively speaking to, you know, yeah, other places where you have long commutes or you're going to sit in traffic. And so it, it so I just, the, the ambition, that's my theory. That's my, my, that, that's my theory. So I don't even know if it's ambition shaming so much as you can't be driving a nice car in St. Louis until a certain age shaming. So mm. I'm going to try to like fucking peel it, yeah. peel it away. Cause I don't know if somebody would quote unquote shame. I don't know if that's the right term for it. Give you shit, which uh -huh. I guess is shaming, but give you shit for, um, buying a home and take your pick of whatever zip code one would consider to be yeah. nice. And uh -huh. that of course is in the eye of the beholder. For sure. Cause if you're buying a home then it's like, okay, well then motherfucker must have something yeah has fam, to have something family money is that, what people could, that assume. certainly could be in play that's what people assume every time but i see i don't know if that's like if because you came from you know certain neighborhoods you know that's not the case yeah that's you true. know that's true but i get when you're coming from you know yeah not that olivet is you no, know but when my friends if any of my friends or people that we know they're like oh nice they have a nice car they have a really cool apartment it's like oh well their parents paid for it. right and see in in my neighborhood that wouldn't be the assumption yeah exactly but that's where i grew first, up that's the first up. thing we always go and that's to. and then my and it doesn't even cross your mind yeah it doesn't even cross your mind but at the same time it doesn't really happen either mm -hmm. because it's not in play yeah. and that's my that's that's my point so i think i think if i'm trying i'm introducing a theory and I welcome people to t challenge it because for whatever reason, this gets people going and I'm glad it does. It gets yeah, me going too. For sure. The the shaming thing, the ambition shaming thing may be more of a, you don't, you know, attempt to boast with your car and mm -hmm. get called out. I recall a friend of mine, see how I wouldn't have been 30 yet. So my mid twenties got a Mercedes mm -hmm. and people were giving him shit. But at the same time, I recall it was kind of like a mom SUV Mercedes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think that's what they were giving him shit about. But then I try to peel it back and I go, were they giving him shit because it was a mom SUV or are they giving him shit because it was a Mercedes and they were kind of upset that he had a Mercedes? And I don't know on that. You can kind of mask the hate of the Mercedes By with, with the, the oh, that's a mom, mom that, And that's what it was. Yeah, you can kind of mask it. it. But would they have been hating on it? If it was like a sedan or something? It, well, no, it, if it were... 
what I don't know what what kind of SUV a Honda SUV. Yeah, the Pilot or right. CRV or something. Would like would that. they have gotten that? You no, know, no, no, no. That's the thing. That's no. what I think. So no. I look back now. In the moment, I wasn't particip- I was just kind of like, well, who fucking cares? Yeah. But in the moment, I wasn't thinking that way. But now, kind of since this topic has come up on the podcast a few different times. I now wonder if that's what was going on then. And I honestly don't, I, I mean, I don't know. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I like talking about it because there really isn't a right answer. I just, I think at the core of it is if, I, th- I think deep down people know there isn't, I don't even know if people are even thinking it. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, that there isn't enough, that there aren't enough jobs in St. Louis for people in their 20s for like a guy who, you know, you know is working, you know, like the early morning shift at Lambert in the Enterprise booth, yeah, you know, to yeah. be driving. Plenty of people I know who do that. Yeah. <laughs> I did too, and that's why I'm, to yeah. be driving, you know, a Mercedes, yeah. for example. Yeah. I mean, or not even a Mercedes, even something, you know, a little lower on the, the, the luxury car totem pole. And so it's not necessarily about ambition shaming so much as, oh, this guy's a fucking yeah. douche. Mm-hmm. I heard you saying You see what I'm there. saying? Yeah. And so there's a difference. So that's yeah. why I don't want to lump ambition shaming if it's not really ambition shaming so much of it's just like flashing when they know you got nothing. Mm-hmm. Like my shit on parties in the park. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of thing. In St. Louis, if you're in my age group and you're driving something like that, you almost have to be in software. That's like my friends who do make really good money. That's so what they're in. Software engineering. Okay. And that they're developers or they're, they write code and that. And, and they, they can make some money. Real money. Yes. Right out the gate. What's real too. money? Tell me what real money is, baby. I need to know. A buck fifty. Wow. Yeah. Twenty three, twenty four. You make yeah. it a buck fifty in St. Louis. Some of the well, the, and to be fair, they don't. It's they work for big corporations, and so they were working from home in St. Louis, and so they got their money here. But now ah. that's opened up. They're going to where they're got it. San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Seattle, Austin. Nashville, Miami, apparently Miami. Yeah. Apparently. That's the spot. That's the spot now for the software. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. That wasn't even in play yeah, for, for me. It's a whole different ball game. Right. Now. That wasn't even in play. Yeah. And, um, I, and I'd shit on them for like not going out on a, in college. Cause you know, yeah, they had a massive absolutely. engineering test and now, well, yeah. <laughs> now they're making yeah. the big bucks. God so bless it, them. Yeah. So yeah, I like, I like the topic. I welcome people to get into advance the, uh, the discussion or submit theories on it. Uh, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. So I'm trying to like boil it down because I don't really, I don't know the more we've talked about it, if it's really ambition shaming. Because if anything, I think people, and I don't think it's fair for me at 44 to put myself in the young people of St. Louis category. I think maybe I'm more aware of where young people in St. Louis are than the average 44-year-old St. Louis and just because mm-hmm. of the show and our audience, but I can't put myself in the category. But I, if anything, I think that there is more awareness, number one, and desire on the part of people in your age range, Jackson, mm-hmm. to see St. Louis experience a resurgence than my peers when we were 23 in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. At that time, and really, and I don't know what changed, you had Ferguson and you had um, the Rams leave yeah. in a matter of a couple of years. And so what that did was it made people aware of something that I had been saying on the radio for a number of years, but I was the bad guy and I was in the minority at the time. And that is St. Louis isn't where it's at right now. Yeah. And it wasn't, but there was more denial about it. And I was the bad guy for saying it. So now I don't think that there's any disputing that St. Louis isn't where it's at right now, but no doubt. 
but that there is an interest in trying to see St. Louis turn around. Oh, for sure. Okay. So that see, but see, if I would, if, if this, if we'd be sitting in 2001 having this conversation, this would have been insanity, yeah. and I would have been the bad guy for having the conversation because yeah. I did kind of talk about I it. I hear you on that. And I, my hope was that the new ballpark, which when I look back on it, was misguided because it didn't solve the big problem, which is opportunity. Yeah. But uh, the new ballpark would turn downtown St. Louis into what. Coors did, for example, with Denver. Mm. And there was a lot of development around Coors yeah, and dude. Denver. I know that happened other places, but that was the one that I kept citing. So I'd been there mm-hmm. and I'd seen it and Denver was booming. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was hoping. But you can build a ballpark, but if there aren't op- if there aren't opportunities for young people, you know, uh, young, to make real money. There, mm-hmm. Of course, there are opportunities, but to make real money. And it was, I, I don't, and I know definitely you weren't on it. It might've been when Pete was here. Somebody goes, yeah, I mean, yeah, Square has offices here, but they're not the jobs that make the real money. Like, I hear what you're saying. Okay, yeah. so you see what I'm saying on yeah, that? Yeah, the, the developer jobs is sure. what makes the money. But where are those? They're Silicon not, Valley. Right, they're not here. And that's, so it's a, it's, a, it's an odd conversation to have or the conversation, but you, just, you just shit on the city just to shit on it because it's kind of like a sport and you'll get likes. And if that's what you want to do, it's, you know, God bless. Uh-huh. Um, oftentimes I feel like people pontificate on the city and I'm talking about inside the city limits yeah. where I grew up, mm-hmm. where my family still is, where I lived downtown um, for a number of years, albeit now it's been a decade since I have lived there. And I'd be like, the only time you're around is when you drive in to go to a Cardinal game or Blues game or back then Rams game. The fuck do you know? Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not like talking about what's doing in Wildwood. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I heard you saying. so, so that kind of became, and it kind of became like a sport and then like the shit on the city. And then it became like a bubble, like a p- political bubble discussion. But I think the thing that I would say that I notice in a major way that is absolutely distinctly different. And I think is a huge positive for the region is a, an awareness, not just limited to 20-somethings, hmm. but beyond, 60-somethings, 70-somethings, 80-somethings, so across the board, that we have problems here. Mm-hmm. Um, the problems aren't new. The acknowledgement of them is. Yeah. And secondarily, and more so with, I think, people in your age range, and not to say people older than me aren't interested in, in seeing it come back at all, but I think it's more so populated by people in your age range, is a desire to see improvement. And then therefore, the idea of this in, increased desire for improvement to coexist with ambition shaming to me seems like a paradox. Therefore, I don't That's why I have a tough time with continuing to just say ambition shaming when I'm not sure that's what it is. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just not sure that it's what it is. And I think when we boil it down, so much of it will wind up getting into the, this car discussion. And I get it. Because then it's kind of like, oh, you're the guy who has no, you're SGO Kai. You're the guy who has no money and <laughs> but, you're spending, yeah. but you want attention for spending money because you want to try and get laid. And I follow that playbook. I get it. But I don't necessarily know what that's going on. Because if I pointed out that somebody had done well, they didn't, they didn't grow up and go to MICDS or whatever. And that's yeah. not to say you're bad if you went to MICDS. Like you're not bad if you went to St. Louis U High. But um, that, you know, they went to take your pick of whatever place, you know, and went to Mizzou. So it's mm-hmm. not like they went to, you know, mm-hmm. an Ivy league school. And after four years, they're buying a house in, you know, not Ledoux or Huntley or, you know, Frontenac, but you know, where, you know, it's not like they're just buying some piece of shit. I think people, I think people would be happy for them. Yeah. So I think that's a difference because then it's like, okay, that's investing in something that isn't necessarily going to get you laid. It's not yeah. a flash. It's a good investment. Right. And so I don't think people hate on that. Yeah. Now I don't think it's all that common 
that that goes on, which then goes back to the opportunity discussion. But I think the hate on the flashy car thing is, and I, and I but I'm, I'm trying to point out that there's a difference between getting a flashy car implied to get laid than like buying a home yeah. and then driving a piece of shit, which I think if anything, it w- is appreciated in St. Louis. Whereas like, for example, I keep going back to South Florida. It's really the only other place I've lived outside of my tenure in Little Rock uh, is if anything, that's about flashy cars and who fucking knows what you're living in. Yeah. It's the inverse. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's because everybody's selling real estate and you have to act like you have a nice car when you're meeting people and showing homes. So that's a whole different discussion. So I like the I like the email. It came in out of nowhere. I was just going to start bullshitting about the U.S. Open today. <laughs> um, but uh, Dylan, thank you for the email. You can email in tmckernan at insidestl.com, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at insidestl.com. Um, what in the world did I just, I just, I just received a large Venmo payment and I have no idea why <laughs> I have no idea why this is wonderful. Um, Oh, maybe it's the wrong person. I, I really don't. Well, I mean, it's from a gentleman I wager with. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, sometimes they, they sometimes, did I, sometimes did I, win a, did I win a bet? A lot of times when my friends send me money, it's like, I meant to request you instead of pay you it's an easy misclick uh, i don't know what happened i have no idea what happened i'm trying to find like what because i don't think i've even been wagering with the person <laughs> <laughs> we might have to cut this out yeah june 13th oh my god all right now i'll talk about it holy shit all right what did i do i won even know I won. Now, this is a textbook moment in St. Louis money discussion history because I've talked about not talking about money on the podcast. Yeah. So I must have bet. I bet, I guess, on the morning of. Okay, what was the bet? All right, we got to pull up a calendar. Do you have a calendar? Can you pull up a calendar? June 8th. My mom's birthday was June 13th, and I know that was a Sunday. June 8th is a Tuesday. Perfect. Absolutely fucking brilliant. June 8th. So on June 8th, I don't remember doing this. I don't. I know I did it on Bovada because uh-huh. I talked about it on the radio and I was kind of like, oh, I just went against the thing I talk about doing on the podcast, yeah. how I bet $100 on Garrick Higo. Yeah. But I woke up on the morning of last Sunday, which wasn't the, the U.S. Open, whatever yeah. the fuck the thing was, Palmetto. Oh, yeah. And I saw Chesson Hadley had a, that's what I'm calling him. Is it Chasen? Chesson? I think Chesson just fine. Uh, and then if I say Hadley, people be like, oh, he's finally talking in codes, taking a shot at John Hadley. The gentleman's name who is leading a tournament was Chesson Hadley, but I'm not sure that's how he pronounces his last name. Either way, he had a four-stroke lead. And just like I know you woke up yesterday and knew Mackenzie Hughes and Russell Henley wasn't going to win the U.S. Open, okay? I knew Chesson Hadley wasn't going to hold on to the four-stroke lead. So I looked at the leaderboard, and I go, one of these other motherfuckers is going to win, I, it's 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 financially irresponsible for me not to put a hundred dollars on one of these guys and this Garrick Hago guy is plus sixteen hundred and he is a sick European tour player. Yeah, I'll put it on him and it paid plus sixteen hundred, so I won sixteen hundred dollars. Beautiful. So that's what happened last Sunday. I should just talk about betting it because now people are mad that I talked about winning sixteen hundred dollars. Yeah, am I correct? Oh yeah. Okay. The, the outrage is flowing <laughs> through people's mouths as we speak. <laughs> but that, but I'm explaining how I got there. And yeah. keep in mind the Tam Avenue Capital Partners. <laughs> we're going to be with SGO Kai, and I'm going to be selling a watch <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> just to sell, stay in business. Your so it's not like it's not like I'm bawling so hard. But I also apparently bet 
25 bucks? I mean, what did I bet? What did you bet? I, the I don't top know. Three? I don't know. I, I don't I don't remember making the bet. I guess okay, on Ju- so what was June 8th? A Tuesday? Tuesday, June 8th. On Tuesday, June 8th at 7:30 it's 7:31 in the morning. I mean, what the that means I was on the air. Yeah, well, you doing the live read and said, I'm going to drop a little I, I, no, Iggy was probably talking SGO Kai <laughs> yeah. and I was like I'll tap out, but usually I go to Abigail Max Instagram feed. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 7:31, maybe it was 7:30. Oh, 7:31 p.m. Okay. Okay. 7:31 p.m. I put 25 bucks on Garrick Higo to win the Palmetto at plus 4400. You did? Sweet Jesus. Oh my god, 4400. Oh, but I didn't win 4,400. No, no, no. But plus 4,400. So I won 1,100. Oh, and then. You don't even remember doing this? I'm looking at my bets. I, I bet on Higo and M. Now, okay. M, I think M made the cup, but he didn't yeah. do shit. But I bet on Higo to win it. And I bet. And then I also. And, and I bet on him to top five. 25 bucks. And that paid. I don't know. I made 75 bucks. So I guess yeah. it was plus 300. Yeah, it was plus three. No, that was M. Oh, I won on M too. Oh, wow. He top five? No, I lost that one. Higo to top five was plus 650 so i won 162.50 so i had this money sitting in my account and i didn't know and then the motherfucker just venmoed me mm. and then the venmo didn't make sense but i was down so much to him <laughs> <laughs> finally making a comeback yeah but now i'm profitable but i'm like well if i won like 1400 dollars, how come the venmo's now 1400 oh that's because i was down <laughs> yeah. about 700 because i've been hemorrhaging for the last few weeks <laughs> holy shit that's nice. Yeah, what a nice thing that is. Yeah, we get because I just got done saying to you before we started run, starting the podcast. I, I owed a guy two hundred dollars for um, our, our. We bought up teams in the, the member guests that we talked about on the radio show that I played him with Iggy this weekend. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I don't remember who we bought up. Uh-huh. I think the team that won. I think we bought him, and then he sent out a Venmo or text saying, "Hey, you owe me two I'm like, "Motherfucker!" I guess we didn't buy the winning team. <laughs> and I'm like, "Look at my Venmo." I'm like, "God, I'm down to like 150 bucks in my Venmo." Yeah. Fuck! When I lose my golf bets, this is I'm gonna have to dip into my accounts. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, how do you do? How do you do? I'm ready to lose more money. Uh, yeah, that's, that's just gonna fuel <laughs> oh the losses. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, that's that's twice now in three weeks we've had some come up while recording the podcast. That is just. It's big, big news. What was the other thing? Oh, the uh, Ellie Kemper thing. Yeah, we're live reactions. And I have a uh, lunch here. Yeah, you can't, you can't bottle this up. This is just. So you want, you want to keep this? You think we should keep this in? No, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, really? Yeah, sure. Shit. I'm scared. I, I just had my lunch at eleven thirty. It's eleven oh one. This is how I roll. <laughs> um, which means I accidentally spelt though like I'm eighteen, so I th owed it. Mm, I'm steady on the tho. <laughs> no time. Press for time. Uh, so uh, yeah this person said let's meet at this place and i said i'm dressed like a hoodlum aren't i dressed like if we're going to a nice place look at i got the I, this is what i wear everywhere yeah i mean this is like my uniform this is yeah, mine here. too yeah but i never go anywhere but here exactly and in my house so yeah. that's a that's a that's a bar and grill outfit right there is it that's I a bar i don't know if i'm going to a bar and grill that's a bar and grill outfit. i'm going to the clover and the bee Oh, yeah, you're fine. Seriously? Sure. Okay, I haven't eaten. If you were going there for like dinner, maybe not, but... For like a Botox planning sesh? (laughs) You knew I hit that on the head. Yeah, yeah. Right on the head. Pick up pizza there sometimes and... The whole thing. Uh, well, this is nice. Things are things happen on this podcast. Telling you, something magical about this studio. So now I gotta see my Venmo balance. Ooh, that's good. I, I legitimately... That's a problem, though. When you're betting... This is like what used to happen when I had some money in my Poker Stars account before the government shut it down. And thank God they did because yeah. we're a better country now than we were. 
but uh, in 2011, and I'd come home fucked up. And back then, I would come home fucked up, and I'd yeah. be like, ah, "It's two in the morning. I'll play some pot lemon Omaha." And it's just like, <laughs> I just like fucking vomit off my chips. <laughs> and I wake up the next morning, I'm like, "Oh, playing a twenty-five dollar buy." And I'm like, "I have no money. Yeah, I had like nine hundred dollars. Oh, I blew nine. What the fuck?" Yeah, when you don't remember the the bets you make, it's uh, it's always like, man. Well, to, and to be fair, it's June eighth. It's not the twenty-first. So that's two weeks ago. But I, I'm surprised the man didn't pay me until now. Yeah, you gotta go pay him a visit or something. Uh, no, I, no, I don't. I don't even know where the man. I don't know who the man is or where the man is. I just know yeah. that this is the way that it went down. What mm-hmm. a wonderful thing he had to be. And here he is. I don't think he's a big time man. And he had to be like motherfucker. This guy's gonna win <laughs> this yeah. much money, and I didn't no. even know I had it going on. He, I was all excited about my sixteen hundred on Bovada. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And by the way, I've already blo- well. What I do when I win big. And that for me is big is I'll immediately take half of it uh-huh. and make sure that I don't piss away the rest of it. Uh-huh. So God, yesterday we'll get into the U S open now. Okay. Um, I, so I had, I put 50 bucks on Mackenzie Hughes on Friday night at plus 8,000. Yeah. You got it. It's just, it's for where he was. You got, it's, it's a good. So you play. like the bet. Yeah. You I get the bet. I get the, I get, I don't think that he, I never once thought Mackenzie Hughes was going to win, but I do think that, when value like that pops up and the way he was playing Thursday and Friday, yeah, there's 50 bucks, you know, shoot it out there. It's better than trying to put, like, I saw... I couldn't bet Rom. I couldn't I, bet I couldn't bet Rom or Oostazen or who else was DeChambeau. in there. I saw Saturday morning... Somehow I got DeChambeau at plus 1,700. I saw him at plus 500 uh, Saturday night. Saturday night, plus 500. See, I made Bryce my best on Friday. Okay. But I don't know why he was... I don't know where he was because I was playing a member guest, so I wasn't really I locked he was in. two or three... I was why I was why Dick, Dicky was five. Yeah, so that's what I was. Dick, Dick, Dicky Bland. Boy, he was. And on, after Friday night, there was like eight golfers before Dick Bland as a favorite. He was like plus twenty five hundred. Uh, and Russell Henley wasn't even the favorite. No, nor was Mackenzie Hughes going no, to be it yesterday. Was, it was Deshambo, Rom, Kepka. So I was stunned. I bet. I bet. I bet a good amount on. I, and these were like drunk bets too. But I hadn't. I haven't had a drink in fuck. I don't even know. I mean, I like I have like a high noon while I'm playing golf, but I'm yeah. not like pounding booze. Yeah. Um. And I looked at, I, I go on, I open up Bovada. This is weird, man. I got to, I got, maybe we need to have an intervention here, <laughs> but it's not like I'm degenerating. It's no. just like, I don't remember. That's the thing that fucks me up. Yeah. And I remember opening up Bovada. go, okay, I got some open bets. What do I have? And I'm like, I put a hundred dollars on Bubba Watson. No. I put a hundred dollars on Brooks Kepka. Now I thought Kepka was going to win. Yeah. That was, I, that, that was, I was like, but mm. he was only plus 600. So it isn't like me to bet no. that much when it's only going to pay 600. Yeah. I like to do this moron shit yeah, where the, I put a bet on Garrick Higo. Cause that's fun. That's yes. the fun part. It's not fun to be like, oh, I knew this guy was going to win. I just won, you know, but, 50, But the way bucks. I looked at it was I had won. Whatever I won, I guess the nut was the, the net that came in was seventeen hundred. My hundred dollars plus the sixteen hundred, so I had seventeen hundred. I think I withdrew nine hundred or nine fifty, whatever the fuck it was. So I had like nine hundred left, and I'm like, okay, it's U.S. Open week. I'll play with this nine hundred, mm-hmm. and if I lose it, I lose it. I mean, I don't want to lose nine hundred dollars, uh, so I wound up losing like seven hundred of it. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, I had Deshambo. If he wins, I win eight fifty. Mm-hmm. So I got him at plus seventeen hundred. Yeah, that's cool. I had. Brooks at plus 600 and I had Mackenzie Hughes and if he wins I win $4,000 yeah you can't not bet that $4,000 but I bet it on Friday night before he so, was yeah. tied for the lead yeah um who else did I have but I never wanted to bet Oosthuizen I didn't think Rom would win so shows what I know and if you would have asked me at like the sixth hole who's gonna win that thing yeah that's that was... I would have told you Bryson I would have told you Bryson yeah even probably. though Rom was on but he kind of had started to fumble around and he saved a par when he should have gone OB yeah um, 
So from a gambling standpoint, what wound up happening in the U.S. Open really, I thought Bryson, in specific to Bryson, just imploding on the back. Yeah. That was, that was wild. Mathematically a phenomenon. And as a matter of fact, I was texting with, I was texting with John Hadley, actually. Yeah. Because uh, he's gotten into golf because I've talked about, you know, the strokes gain stuff. And I know he likes to post bets on Twitter. Yeah. And so I'll say, hey, here's what my guy thinks, you know, use it if you want. But I mean, he's entering like 500 rosters. So you yes. have to understand there's this, it's not like he's saying this guy's going to win. He's saying there's value on this. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so he was all excited about the U.S. Open. I go, this is ridiculous. The leaderboard is ridiculous. The, at ridiculous. one point, it was just... It was an official world golf ranking, like yeah, top 10 It was list. major winners, and mo- a lot of them were multiple major right. winners, all well, the way down to guys like on 10. the verge of winning yeah, a major, like Rom like or yeah. Xander. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and, Rory, Louie, Br- Bryson, Brooks. DJ was lurking. DJ Xander lurking. Was, was just hanging around, never really got anything going. And then the guys who you're kind of like, are they going to fold? Folded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like he kind of thought they would. Bland folded on Saturday and again on Sunday. Yeah. And Henley folded. And I didn't think he would fold. I didn't think he would win, but I think he would no, fold. No, I thought he would stick around and be like a two or three. Um, but yeah, that, but you, it just shows the nerves of the game. And yeah. it is so brutal. And yeah. Azinger kept bringing it up. And he's right. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of like, God, it's it, not everybody has it. But I mean, there are killers and there are those who are there to be killed. And it's, it's just the truth. And it sucks, but he, I know he doesn't get labeled this way. He's like, what a great player because he has so many tied for seconds. And Jack Nicholas had like 19 mm-hmm. second place major finishes, which yeah. is fucking nuts. It's crazy. And now Louis Ustay's in a six, but he doesn't have a lot of wins. No, he has and that's the what one I'm saying. He's, he's a killed. Yeah. He's, he's a you're a killer, you killed. And he's a, he's a killed. Yeah. He now's a killed. Xander's a killed. Xander's a killed. And it time. sucks. And it, cause it's, cause it's like when you say that, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an ins, it's an, it sounds like a harsh insult. But it's it's an intangible when you're when you're uh, like with the, like the Chess and Hadley bet. It's nothing against Chess and Hadley. Chess and Hadley had beat me by thirty strokes, but he had a four. He had to sleep on a four stroke lead. He was yep. gonna. It's just gonna happen. He's gonna fold. Yep. He hadn't won in seven years, so he doesn't have it. It's it's nothing against him. Mm-hmm. It's just it's 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 part of the game. Yeah. And so there are killers, and there are those who are simply out there as prey. Yeah. You can't tell me you thought Richard Bland was gonna win. Nobody Ooh. did. I'm not saying you did. I, no. Nobody did. No. But it started like after he was hitting the ball well early on in Saturday. I saw people going, "Man, this guy's really free." It's just, it's, if if you're for real, you don't. It it just doesn't happen. It really doesn't happen now. Yeah. Because there, it, the distance thing is not like a, it, it travels. Yeah, you know, and, and then the pins get harder as the weeks go, as the days go on. So, so you're gonna have the best rise to the occasion over four days. And yes, somebody can have a one-off, but it's just not going to happen. And I know Garrick Hago. I'm sure some of the people listening are going, "Who in the fuck is Garrick Hago?" But Garrick Hago has been winning and winning a lot or top fiving. Yeah, in Europe, he's just a great player. You just haven't heard of him yet. Now he happened to win the previous week, so. When when you look at the gambling numbers yesterday, I'm I had all these bets and I'm like, well, I'm fucking protected. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it, then it's like the final four holes, and I'm going, oh my god, I don't have Ram and I don't have Ustays, and all of a sudden, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm, I don't even have a sweat. I went from being like, I can't lose to going, oh fuck, yeah. I can't win. And that back nine, like everybody but everybody. those two was folding, and I think that's Ustays because Ustays eventually did. I, I think what happened with him on 17 is not getting enough attention because people feel badly for him he's, because yeah. he's 38 ish yeah. one or two and he hasn't won in 11 years and he has all these t2s or mm-hmm. second place finishes and yeah and i think and I, I don't think people like to call attention it's like when uh during the 
Masters when Xander came within one of Matsuyama and he gets on the 16 tee. Yeah, and goes. And he hits it in the water, and yeah. Dottie Pepper busts out the hit a wall of wind. <laughs> wall of wind. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple walls of wind at the dough there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A wall of wind because people don't want to say it. Yep. And it sucks. Yeah. And I remember uh, Johnny Miller giving Ricky, not he wasn't even giving him trouble. He was just saying on the broadcast, you know, Ricky has a tough time holding a lead. He's better as coming from behind. Well, what's he saying there? He chokes. Yeah. And it's not a team. So you're specifically saying about one person, they choke. And that's a, that's a, that's a, that's yeah. like saying somebody doesn't play with effort. It's a really, it's a, it's not, it's not an ability thing. Yeah. It's at least it seems like it's not an ability. You're like cutting to the core of somebody's uh, makeup. Yeah. And so it's, like it's a tough thing. Going after their character. And that's so if you're going tough. Louis Ustazen just doesn't hit it that far, well, that's fine. But if you go Louis Ustazen, you know, there's a reason why he has, and what were they saying? Well, he tends to leave a lot of putts short on, on Sundays. Well, if you play the game, you know what, ha you know why you leave putts short. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not a distance thing. It's your holes tight. That's the deal. Yeah. Your holes tight, and you're scared of blowing it past, and that's why you leave them short. Which means you're not going to get the ball in the hole. Which means you aren't going to make the putt, and then you're going to have a bunch of four and five footers. You're going to have to keep hitting, and you're not going to keep hitting them all. You know, give you one four footer, you might hit it. Give you ten, you're going to miss at least a couple, and mm -hmm. that's going to be a problem. And that's what unfortunately has happened to him. But what happened on number seventeen when the whole wide world is open to the right, and he yanks it in the left on an easy par four with an easy par five, the easiest hole in the course waiting for him, and he's only one back. And we're going to focus on how John Rahm won it. John Rahm absolutely won it. But you also, if you're going to talk about, it, I have to talk about Louis Ustazen lost it, yep. and how he's how he's done this a bunch of times. And I'm not mad at him about it. It's just if we're going to cover the event. We got to be honest about the event, even though it's an unfortunate part of the event. But Xander Shoffley also choked. And by the way, they these motherfuckers can do things a billion times better than I can, and I choke all day long. But it's part of the game and calling the game. These are people out there, men or women, depending on what event we're talking about, who are on a stage by themselves. And that's part of the test yep. is being able to hit a shot like you're out there practicing at 730 in the middle of the fairway, the same way you would if you're playing for the U.S. Open. That's 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 a trait. There is a reason why people worship Michael Jordan because when it came down to it, and they needed a shot to win a championship, not only did he want the ball, he'd hit the fucking shot. Without, and that's what people. Yeah. And that's the thing. There are killers and those who get killed. There are predators and there are prey. But for whatever reason, with golf, it's like oh, we can't talk about it. Yeah. There was a, there was a situation with a cardinal. He's still a member of the team. Um, a couple springs ago, it might've been the pandemic spring training, uh, not like this one, but when it was all starting up in, in 20. And I remember I went up to Rick Hummel and I go, I think this motherfucker, I didn't say this to Rick like this, but I know I was thinking, I'm like, I think this motherfucker has the yips, mm -hmm. but you can't, you can't say it. Yeah. But it, it was like, it, it's like, it's kind of clear, but I know you can't, you don't, you, you, if I would have said that in the clubhouse and I would have been overheard, I would have been like held up against the <laughs> yeah. wall. You can't say it. Yeah. And I don't know if Yips is choking, but it's it's probably it's from the family of yeah. you know it's overthinking. Yeah, I mean I I, I had it I yeah. had it, but with throwing a baseball, not with golf. Yeah, and it's the worst, and it's like talk. I mean, you just can't talk about it. Yeah, it's like a virus almost. But I saw want. like like who was who was everybody picking yesterday going into yesterday? Bryson, Oosthuizen. That's okay. where the money was. Okay. I mean, the, the, but I mean, listen, I if you ask me who I would have bet yesterday. I would have bet Bryson yeah. all day long, and yeah. I did with some. I only said that because he was the favorite going into Sunday. He was the favorite, was he? He was actually the on, favorite on DraftKings Sportsbook when I, I believe, I checked Saturday night. So after the tournament had ended uh, Saturday, that he was like 
plus 500. Really? Is that right? I, yeah. thought, I thought Oosthuizen was plus 350. Maybe, yeah. And, and Bryson and I Rory were both plus 500. But, but either was way, nobody was picking Henley. Nobody was picking no, no, uh, no. Mackenzie Hughes, and I don't blame them. They were picking Oosthuizen. But I saw, I think it was Kevin Van Valkenburg, I think writes for ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. And he's just like, there's a reason why Louis has all these, you know, second place finishes. Like, I know people don't want to say it, but, you know. There's a reason, you know, and, and he was in the mix to win at the PGA Championship when Mickelson won. Yeah, he sure was. And he shit the bed there, too. Mm-hmm. So it sucks because it's not an ability thing when it comes to, like, strokes gained tee to green or strokes gained around the green. Yeah. It's not a stat you can track, but it is a real thing. Yeah. And it's probably one of the reasons why guys, you know, individuals, if you love poker, you probably are at least a lover of golf or you are susceptible becoming addicted to golf because it's an individual thing that yeah. is going to challenge your inner fortitude. Mm-hmm. You can't turn and look at, like if we're playing basketball, and God help you if I'm on your basketball team, <laughs> but let's say we were, mm-hmm. you know, and you miss a shot, and I can't look at you going, what the fuck are you taking that shot? It's you and it's the course. Yeah. And that's it. And, yeah. and so therefore you are naked in front of the world. Yep. And that is the deal. And so... Rom showed he's a killer. Yep. You know, not yep. that people were suspicious about it. No. But he hadn't won a major yet, and he's not an old guy anyway. Is no. he even 25? I don't think, I mean, what the fuck is he? I mean, he just had his first kid like a few months, uh, right before the Masters. 26. He's 26. 26. Yeah. Uh, fiery. Fiery as the day is long. Indeed. And he's been around for, you know, yeah, that, he's not been that long. But I know he was in the mix at Bell Reeve. I just remember when I was on the range on the final day at Bell Reeve, that was like the leaderboard at the U.S. Open yesterday. Yeah, exactly. I just remember looking like this is like field of dreams for a golf fan. Mm-hmm. Tiger walks out, then you have Kepka, you have Fowler, you have Rom, you have Adam Scott, you know, Justin Thomas. I remember just being like, what in the fuck? And this is the leaderboard and it's 10 minutes from my house. Holy shit. Yeah. So he's been in the mix before, yeah. but it's never been like, a, oh, he had the lead and he shit the bed in a yeah, major thing, exactly. yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's a killer. Oosthuizen has. Yep. And it doesn't mean he can't win. It's just certain circumstances have to happen. Kepka's a fucking killer, man. Yeah. He's a killer. Yeah, he was still trying to make a move yeah, on like absolutely. the 15, 16, 17, absolutely. 18. He knew if he could post minus three, he might win the whole damn thing. Yeah, and that's that, why what happened on 18 killed him because he, yeah. he bogeyed it and he's just yeah. like, what in the hell? But yeah. either way, that, that to me, so when people go, God, you guys in golf. Yeah, if you're talking about hitting the ball, I'm not really all that interested in it. But the thing that enamors me about the discussion is the mental element because mm-hmm. it's, 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 you know, it's the most, because you have so much time, you're, you're yes. only really addressing the ball and hitting it for like 20 minutes at most during a round, but you're the other three or four hours. You have to, you have to get head. out of your own way. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. And so, you know, I don't, that, that's the part that I love. Yeah. Exactly. And, and then, then there are little, it's, it's like poker. You can tilt people, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, somebody's not tiltable and you're like, oh, motherfucker, I'm up against a killer. Yeah. Phil Ivey is sitting across from me and he's staring at me and he's just fucking owning my soul and he pulls it out and he skull fucks my soul right in front of me. That's what can happen. Yeah. You know, so you knew Russell Henley wasn't going to win. You knew Mackenzie Hughes wasn't going to win. No. You knew they were going to shoot over par. I was like, my insurance isn't to bet against Mackenzie Hughes to win because because that bet isn't even going to be out there. And if it is, I'm going to have to like lay $10,000 yeah. to win $100. Yeah. My bet is Mackenzie Hughes over under on the score. Yeah. That's my bet. Yeah. That's what I should have done. Yeah. 
but I'm so fucked up with my betting. I'm getting Venmos. Thank God the guy isn't Venmo. We go, hey, motherfucker, you owe me two thousand dollars. Where yeah. is it? Yeah, that would be, know, that's a different we're, story. We're, we're gonna show. We're gonna show up here soon. <laughs> God, what is going on with me? This yeah. is a mess. <laughs> this, I mean, it's a good mess, but it's not a good thing. Yeah, I'm making bets I don't remember, and then uh-huh. it's so bad I'm not even checking the site to see what I did. Yeah, and it's been two weeks. Well, we're off to Carnoustie here in a month. <laughs> that's so. right. And I saw that Dustin Johnson's the favorite there. I'm going, we just put Dustin Johnson the favorite. How is John Rahm not the favorite? Not saying he'll win, but yeah. like what? Is, the Dustin Johnson. It's so hard thing. to handicap the open because, because of, of the weather. Yeah. The weather's your if you delta. Don't, if you don't know the weather, like how can you? Because that's the if it's high wind and rain. Well, shit. I don't want Dustin Johnson personally. He hits the ball really, really high. Absolutely. It's you got to know what's going on there. So yeah, but anyway, people are just betting and they're betting. And mo- most people know what they're betting. Other people just bet and forget yeah. and hope that they win and get a notification. It's like the NCAA tournament. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Oral Roberts, throw all my money on them. Why, why not? I yeah. might as well. I'll degenerate. Hey, uh, let's talk about Munganass, St. Louis Acura.com and AltonToyota.com, the great Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson. Go online at St. Louis or AltonToyota.com. It's where I have gotten my cars here over the last year. It has been such a great relationship. I'm thrilled and I recommend them wholeheartedly to our audience. They are the official automotive provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast and the Ryan Kelly Morning After. Ask for Clayton Patterson. Ask for Jamie Burkhardt at St. Louis Acura or Alton Toyota. And I know a lot of people dealt with uh, my in-laws actually were without power for all the way up until 620 this morning um, because of the storms that came through on Saturday. A lot of people dealing with some uh, water in their basement. If that's the case, make sure you're doing business with Jim Rogers of Restoration One. 314-565-1962. That's 314-565-1962. If you have water in your home, you might have cleaned it up, but you still could get mold. And that can lead to big, big, big problems. Restoration One will take care of that. They did that for me. Jim specifically did it for me. 314-565-1962. That's the number to call to get in touch with Jim Rogers and his great staff. And finally... Uh, I got DMs, and see, I like these DMs because then I can help people out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iggy gets DMs about Richard Bland. <laughs> I get DMs about design air, heating, and cooling. I'll yeah. take the design air, heating, and cooling. Uh, but people had their air conditioners go out this week with uh, the power going out, and the air conditioner wouldn't start back up or had issues with the air conditioning. Design air, heating, and cooling is the official HVAC provider of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. They have a 2021 train special, the same one that they put in my home. Uh, It's a 16-seer air conditioner. The hot weather is obviously here. If you're having any issues, go to designairservice.com. You'll be thrilled that you did Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. That'll do it for today's edition of the Tim McKernan Show. Thank you to Action Jackson. Thank you to those of you sending in questions. Um, And now content is just being provided when I look at my phone. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. That's great. Yeah, it is a great thing. Uh, wait, 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 yeah, but it really could have been the other way because I forgot <laughs> about making the fucking bet. Yeah, that would have been Two interesting bets. as well. That would have been interesting. Yeah, because I was already <laughs> upset that I had to Venmo this guy 200 bucks. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't upset, but I'm like, I looked at my balance and I go, shit. Yeah. This is because I know I'm going to lose some golf bets and this 130 I got left is going to be gone within a couple <laughs> weeks. So this is this is a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out what next what surprise we have next. Who's apologizing in the middle of the podcast next <laughs> week? We'll tend to that. Uh, this has been the Tim McKernan Show uh, on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial.
Peloton, motivation that moves you.